Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, November 9th, 2020. What teams are dead? What teams have come alive? Who's great? Who sucks? Who's injured? Who's healthy? We'll talk about it all today. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network will join us. And Michael Lombardi, former general manager of the Browns and advisor for the New England Patriots and author and all this other shit. He'll be joining us. And obviously, A.J. Hawk. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this stupid show. If by the end of it, you like the show, go ahead and be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, just act like it never ever happened. Just act like this time didn't even exist. Just act like this conversation mm-hmm. yep. that you're about to hear never ever happened. That seems fair, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Ty will be picking all the winners for the hashtag I don't know why I listen, but contest that happened last week. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, thanks for letting us penetrate your ear holes. Let's get to it. A lot to talk about. <laughs> What NFL teams are dead? What old players need to be set off into the pasture and shot? What teams have come alive? What new players are going to take their teams to places that they've never been before? Who's going to win the AFC? Who's going to win the NFC? Who's going to win the MVP? All that and more on this beautiful overreaction Monday, plus a new segment called Pat. I don't want to overreact, but... And we got tweets from all around the country of fans overreacting in their own damn ways. Today joining us will be Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He'll be joining us in about 21 minutes, breaking news on some injuries and maybe some storylines happening and popping off with the COVID. We'll talk to Rappaport from his house. Hopefully, Foxy won't put any breaking news on the screen (laughs) from Adam Schefter, Tom Pelissaro, or anybody else, and continue our epic battle of offending all the NFL insiders that come on this show, which I have learned does cause quite a few ripples behind the scenes when we do it. So we are trying to get better, obviously. We will only talk to Rappaport about Rappaport's breaking news. Also joining us uh, is a man who was a general manager for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, He was a coaching advisor up there for the Patriots. He's an author. He's a host. He does this. He does that. Michael Lombardi will be joining us. Mm -hmm. This Italian guy, okay, and there'll be people that'll bash on him. Jason Kelsey was a guy that uh, went after him pretty good during a Super Bowl parade speech, and I would assume Cleveland Browns fans potentially go after him. Whenever this dude talks about the football, I immediately become a smarter person. He's one of the co-hosts of Hammer Don, which is a podcast that comes out of this studio, hosted by Diggs, myself, Michael Lombardi, and Gumpy. Join him, and we talk gambling every Monday, Thursday, Friday. We'll get Michael Lombardi on the horn. He went 3-1, and one, I believe, this week on his picks he he has this slow steady way of gambling which i could never do and if you followed along on the internet yesterday um i was in a deal or no deal situation with FanDuel. okay deal or no deal classic game howie mandel the dude that fist bumps everybody pre-covid and one touching by pre-covid bald-headed guy uh who's also one of the judges for america's got talent he um has a show called deal or no deal um i think the thing that is interesting about deal or no deal is the part where 
the banker is up in this silhouette thing. So this banker's up in the silhouette thing. You pick a couple boxes, and there's one box that has a million in it, and there's a bunch of other numbers, and you pick the thing. And there's this time where, in between rounds, the banker's silhouette, which is up on top of the screen there, they're, they're just walking back and forth, trying to guess a number, uh, a price, that they could buy your box for, which is hopefully, in their eyes, less than what your suitcase or your, your, your briefcase has inside of it. So there's like this wagering number that they have to guess what's enough money to maybe pique your interest enough to get off of this uh whatever the hell it is. what is that briefcase mm-hmm. yeah, yeah briefcase yep. that you have and then what's what's not enough money so the house can still win yesterday i was entrenched in a deal or no deal situation with FanDuel sportsbook they would make a cash out number up there and i would have to sit there and look at it and go Ugh. And I shut the box, no deal, just like they do on the show. Then there was one time where I almost hit the deal button and then it disappeared. And I'm oh. like, oh my God, the time had run out. I had a nine-leg parlay that was two legs away from hitting, one of them being the Arizona Cardinals minus three and a half against the Miami Dolphins, that would have cashed in $71,000 for me. Oh, damn. 71,000. I had soccer bets. I had college football bets. I had NFL bets on there. I wagered $250. The winning number was 71,000 and some dollars at the end. And all I needed was the Arizona Cardinals to cover the three and a half against the Tua led Dolphins, which we will talk about today. Tua is a guy. Tua is awesome to watch. That Dolphins team should feel very good in the AFCs. But I I thought Kyler Murray was going to be better. I was dancing with that thing all afternoon yesterday, sweating. I could have cashed out at 19000 In moments before the last cash-out option, it was at $12,000. I chose not to cash out because I thought to myself, if Kyler Murray goes down the field here, scores a touchdown, and covers that 3.5, how big of an idiot will I feel for doubting that man in the Arizona Cardinals? which by all accounts should have won that game yesterday, but two is so damn good. And then then if the Tampa game was going to go off last night, <laughs> not the way it was, <laughs> the cash out would have been 25000 and then I could have won $71,000. How sick would I have been? So I didn't cash out. Mm. And this morning I wake up, $12,000 or $19,000 poorer because of it. Mm. And that's something we will learn from and go forward. But we have to overreact to all these games that happened yesterday. The Arizona Cardinals-Miami game we have to overreact Mm -hmm. to. How about the Carolina Panthers-Kansas City Chiefs? How about that game we got to overreact to? How about the Pittsburgh Steelers-Dallas Cowboys? That one being a goddamn nail-biter. Nobody could have expected that with a fifth stringer, Gary Gilbert. But don't let him get hot. The Orlando Apollos trying to tell you in the spring league, don't let Gary Gilbert get hot. He almost got hot yesterday for Mike McCarthy against Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger had some injury. What happened? We don't know how it happened. He came back out, though, like uh, Jesus coming out of the cave seven days later and saying, I'm back, bitches, and gets a win against Cowboys, rolling them to 8-0. But it's a wild time to be a Steelers fan as well. How about in the NFC? Tom Brady might be dead, dude. Uh-oh. Are Tampa Bay Buccaneers dead? I don't know. That's a question to be had. Are the Saints the team in the NFC? Oh, well, let's no. check in with the Seattle Seahawks. What happened to Seattle oh, Seahawks? Whoa, whoa. They went on a road and looked like dead man walking. <laughs> now, I thought about this yesterday while I was watching the Bill Seahawks game, and Josh Allen was on fire, by the way. Stud. Mm-hmm. On fire, playing football really good. Rest in peace to his grandma who passed away the night before the game, but Josh Allen was unbelievable on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks, who had to travel from Seattle to the great incredible city of Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. That was a 1 o'clock kickoff. That's a 10 a.m. kickoff local time for the Seattle Seahawks. You probably got to be up 5 a.m. local time for that game. 
They had no fucking shot there. Nope. <laughs> no shot there. Second half, they kind of looked alive, but the Bills just kept the, the foot on the pedal and just drove them away. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, are they dead? So then you have to look around the NFC. It's like, are the Packers the team of the NFC? Or is it the New Orleans Saints that absolutely buried the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night? There's a lot of things we got to talk to, and all the boys are here. At Tone Diggs, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers still undefeated. Didn't look as good as anybody thought it should. Uh, Gary Gilbert almost got mm-hmm. hot. Uh, but how do you feel as a Steelers fan still undefeated? you got to feel damn good. I do feel good because in years past, uh, this is a game that they would not have come back. They would not have won. Uh, and, and Juju's dancing while Boswell was trying to warm up would have cost them the game and then the whole city would have blamed it on him and things of that nature and Ben's injury would have been a real injury but instead Ben does what Ben does he says this team needs something I'm going to take an injury that probably isn't that bad I'm going to make it seem a lot worse I'm ahead of the locker room then I'm going to come out as a hero I'm going to throw 300 yards come back and win this thing by the way miss the series because he went into the locker yeah oh yeah and Mason Rudolph looked just as bad as he ever fucking did before he might be the worst quarterback that's ever been on this fucking planet oh no overreaction Monday he did look much worse than old Gary Gilbert though who was slinging that rock makes you wonder why Gary Gilbert hasn't had an opportunity for a long time he came off the Browns practice squad to start for the Dallas Cowboys last night in prime time against the Steelers and held his own now, that team is a complete yard sale down there in Dallas. I mean, that team. Now, granted, they put up a fight there against Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you have to give them credit. And defense seemed to play pretty stout, which was a team that was the part of the defense, or the Dallas team that was being questioned for giving effort. They did great. But Cowboys sneaked by that one. Diggs, you thought they were potentially going to lose one of these next three because the Steelers played down to the level of their competition on a regular basis, which is problematic. But you could see how maybe they just want to get a break because they were screwed in having to buy a week early, if you do recall. Yeah, I believe they're either 1-9 or 1-10 when they're double-digit favorites. Uh, on the road now uh, under the Tomlin era. Uh, Hopefully this will be like a little kick in the ass, like, hey, we can't can't fucking keep playing down to these teams. But But, by the way, you can. Still got the win. True. Years past, past, they would have lost that game. This is a a different team. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be tough. I I think afterwards in the locker room, guys probably looking around like, that was a bad game, man. We played... Yeah, still won. Who cares? (laughs) You know. Still, they never lost. I mean, that's one of those ones where maybe if you're a fan, you should be hoping your team loses. So it is like a, a little bit of a like, hey, listen, you just lost to a four-stringer. It can happen anywhere. But instead, the Steelers played like dog shit. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And they come out with a win. They're like, whew, even our worst? Wow. <laughs> well, isn't this what- even our worst, boys? Now, they're not going to have bad games yeah. going forward. But if you – those are one of those luck games. Like, yeah, you win, you get lucky. Lose – Obviously, you deserved it. So it's like one of those situations it's hard to dive too deep into. There's some worrisome things. There's two weeks in a row we couldn't run the ball and absolutely got run on. But this is like Rogers told us on many Tuesdays. It's good because the players are happy because they got the win. The coaches are happy because they have something to work on. Yeah. Coaching probably work on some things too on the offense side of the ball. If mm-hmm. I guess. You mean like kicking field goals? Or? Oh, see? Oh, Tomlin, Tomlin could have kicked it up there. Up five, 43 seconds left, kicked field goal, go up eight. You have to kick off. You think they're going to, Gary Gilbert's going to drive down the field in your defense and then score a two-point conversion? That's a question you have to have. Mm-hmm. Or do you say, hey, I'm going for the win. I don't believe mm-hmm. in any of it, which I believe is what Tomlin said. Yeah. Tomlin said, I don't care about any of that. <laughs> Tomlin said, I, I, don't give a, I don't give a single shit about any of anything that you just said. We're going to go for the win there. And they end up losing a yard or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're against the Cowboys, just get a yard. Just get a yard and none of this even matters. Yeah, Boswell missed an extra point, too. I wonder what he seemed to be getting through the ball too fast. Mm-hmm. One got blocked. Yeah. Huh. I think it's because he wasn't able to warm up. Maybe they didn't want to kick oh. off because special teams that 
that had already given up. Hey, Bones down there in Dallas is making things happen. A little throwback. I love that move. That was pretty cool. Um, The Cowboys have been going for it a lot, too. It feels like Bones, uh, their special teams coordinator, Mm -hmm. came from the Rams. Feels like he has the coach's ear pretty good. In the Rams, they ran a fake every single week, it felt like. Mm -hmm. And then they get down to Dallas, and they're doing Mm -hmm. shit every single week. And now you need to do stuff like that when you're a bad football team, by the way. You see a lot more tricks and gadgets and things in the special teams world when you're a bad football team. They get... They get easily okayed when you're on a bad football team. But it feels like Bones has this way of being like, oh, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And then it does, by the way. Good for him. He's changing special teams by himself and almost fucked over the Steelers completely yesterday. Has McCarthy put on 50, 60, 70 yeah. pounds? The mask does not do him any favors, but there's no reason to talk about that. Come on. Uh, big weekend in the AFC East. Two is really good. Josh Allen's really good. Mm-hmm. Seems like the team of the past has a big night ahead of them against the New York Jets tonight at Boston Connor playing against old Flacco. How do we feel? Footsteps, uh, you know, he is a Super Bowl MVP, so you got to respect him. But the Pats are 0-0. What happened to start the season? Season's over. Right now, we reset. We go on. We go nine wins in a row. It's going to start with the Jets tonight. We're going to beat them by like 45 points. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's any reasoning behind how you feel what you feel other than just you feel it. Oh, I mean, the Jets the Jets right now. And, you know, although footsteps could get loose if they start running the read option, if they start, you know, <laughs> running, you know, the speed option out with Frank Gore. Frank Gore scares me, but, yeah, I feel pretty confident in Cam Newton. I think he might have 200 passing yards tonight. At Boston Connor, 204, I believe, is his over-under mm-hmm. for pass yards oh. tonight. At Boston Connor, big uh, Patriots fan until he isn't, which is very interesting. <laughs> I don't know about that. It seemed to be pretty convenient. Um, the, the thought of... The thought of the Patriots losing to the Jets tonight is one that you would never, ever have in any other year. But here's a year where it really is like, are the Patriots going to lose to the Jets tonight? And you're the only person that calls him it. You're talking about Flacco whenever you say footsteps. So that is one of those things where whenever you say it, (laughs) nobody really knows what you're talking about. Sam Darnold is out with an injury. um, Everyone knows footsteps. What do you mean? What is it, nine and a half tonight? Yes, yes. Nine and a half tonight, and that is no – I mean, Cam Newton could potentially come back and just be absolutely dominant. Oh, yeah. I mean, that could happen. New season, he's going to. And he – by the way, he said a couple different times he's out of of excuses. This is on me. He's thrown two touchdowns, I think, all season or something mm-hmm. like that which is the least amount of touchdowns thrown for the patriots since 1970 something i mean it's been a long time it, it has been pretty inefficient football there in new england but the jets the most inefficient so mm-hmm. tonight's a night a good get back night uh which leads you right into the baltimore ravens who seem to have figured out how to play football yesterday too and beating the indianapolis colts to death yeah we'll worry about them later in the week it's the jets <laughs> right now and the pats and also belichick haven't lost five straight games since 1995 that's not going to happen yeah tonight. but records are being broken this yeah. Not tonight. Trends are being busted in New England this, this year. It's a new week, and the season just started, Pat. I can't hammer this enough. We are 0-0, and we're going to win nine straight and go 11-5. By the way, you'd win the AFC East. You'd have a good spot in the playoffs. Yeah. You'd be right back to Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick at Ty Schmidt. How did you view this weekend as a diehard Packers fan? Played on Thursday, had the weekend off a little bit. Well, the Packers got better. That's what it's all about, you know? Hey, you took care of business on Thursday night against a team that you, you were supposed to beat the hell out of. And yep. they did. And they did. And they did. And then you look around the NFL, you know, Seahawks get beat. The Bucks get beat. Ooh. 
You know, it, it feels pretty good. And I also thought it was pretty interesting. You know, everyone obviously is going to defend Russell Wilson because he's so amazing. I mean, you know, yeah, no big deal. He's thrown five picks in oh. his last uh, – or excuse me, yeah, five picks in his last three games. Wow. And, you know, but, it, but it's okay because the defense is so bad, so he's got to do so much. You know, oh, I, mean, I heard that on Football Night in America. They were talking about how Russell Wilson's defense is so bad, so the weight of the world is on Russell Wilson's shoulders. That way he, can, he throws picks every once in a while. Exactly, and I can only imagine – what they would have been saying if Rodgers would have done that earlier in the day. But he doesn't because he's only thrown uh, six picks in his last 24 regular season. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! So Whoa. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over like that. But again, you know, I mean... Yo! Schmitty stats! <laughs> that's the big thing. I just want, like, Seattle, I feel for you because I've been living it. You know, you guys are in it right now. If Russell Wilson doesn't play perfect every single week, they're going to have a tough time beating teams, and I know how it feels. It doesn't feel great. Because Aaron Rodgers has been doing that for a long, long time. Yeah, he's been doing it for about 10-plus years. Oh, so, you know, it, a lot of people are back on the Josh Allen for MVP yeah. campaign, which, by the way, a lot of respect. I think he threw for like 400 yards yesterday or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Should be uh, talked about as a great quarterback. MVP is wild. Okay, M- what I think this is the problem with society. Okay. We started throwing the word goat around a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, this person's a goat, this person's goat, this person's goat. Oh, you're goaded, 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 goaded. Okay? Greatest of all time. Okay? That, everybody can't be the goat. Right. Can be one of the goats. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody can't be the goat. But we started using the word because it's so awesome. By the way, it's, it's a great word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. We kind of uh, desensationalized. Huh? Yeah. Deglorified yeah, sure. the, the word greatest of all time. Yes. Mm-hmm. We can't be doing this with MVP. Okay. Yeah. Everybody can't be the fucking MVP because they play football good. Okay. MVP in the NFL is the guy that plays the football the best. Now, I understand there's a lot of great players in the NFL. There are a lot of great players, in, but the MVP is the greatest among the great. It's the goat of the goats whenever people talk about that word. So I think that we should maybe relax with the MVP word. Okay. There's only a couple people that are probably in it now. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to have a bad game here or there, right? I mean, Aaron had one yeah. against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Aaron's in it. I would assume Russell is going to be in it still because of what he's done this season. But the five interceptions in the last three games, two this game, three two weeks ago or whatever, the way you phrased that incredible uh, Schmitty stats. Lost, uh, two fumbles, too. But... Okay, Ooh. so seven Ooh. turnovers in the last Ooh. three games or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that is something. That'll be definitely into play. Patrick Mahomes, is Patrick Mahomes playing at a level that Patrick Mahomes should be playing at is what everybody's going to talk about. He's going to be compared to himself last year on how that whole thing goes. Lamar Jackson, is he playing at MVP? They just beat the brakes off of the entire Indianapolis Colts. The defense of the Indianapolis Colts played great, okay, uh, early. But boy, the Colts should have won. Uh, Colts could have won, and they yeah. just didn't. Lamar Jackson started doing that. But the MVP conversation, I feel like we throw it around too much. And maybe we shouldn't even be talking about it right now. Ooh. Maybe it should just be MVP candidate or MVP potential. Because whenever we start saying this person's in the MVP conversation, it's like, what? Whoa, relax for a fucking second. Because most valuable player is a big deal, Mm -hmm. especially in the NFL. There's not a lot of awards that the NFL gives out, okay? They don't give out a special teams player of the year. Bullshit. A little bit positional. Now I think about it. But MVP is a big deal. And I don't want it to get to the word like, go, 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 go. Oh, MVP, MVP. It's like, that's very hard to do. It is very, very hard to be in the MVP. Well, when you look at how much parity there is in the league, like everyone thought the Bucs were going to beat the hell out of the Saints last night. Like it really does. You know, Russell Wilson was up until this point basically like the unanimous pick. He has, you know, a couple bad games and it's like he drops out of the conversation i mean anything can which, happen on any given sunday which by the way 
what you said about Aaron having to basically play perfect in a lot of occasions, that's very, that is something that's how that I does feel happen. a lot. That is something that happens. Mm-hmm. And now the word Russell Wilson's happening because, you know, Legion of Boom early and then yes. had a good defense mm-hmm. and everything like that. But now it's like, this is the way, whenever you pay people, by the way, and maybe the roster isn't set up in a specific fashion, maybe they attack different ways, you're not always going to be loaded at defense. And Russell Wilson is unbelievable at football. Mm-hmm. He's good enough to do it. But that Aaron Rodgers, six turnovers in the last 24 games or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's insane what's going on there. And if we're going to give out MVP awards based on what you do against Seattle Seahawks, every single quarterback in the league is going to have that award because they're giving up the most passing yards in the Super Bowl era at 362. Except for Jimmy G. He stunk against them. But every other quarterback has done great. Jimmy was hurt. I mean, yeah, but Cam Newton even threw for 400 yards against the Seattle defense, and he hasn't thrown for more than 250 in any of his other games. Is that a real stat? 396 yards, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, got a, they got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, Cam Newton, I just heard in my ear, Cam Newton's averaging 149 every other game. Yep. <laughs> he had 396 yards against the Seattle Seahawks defense. Yep. That's problematic. But they did sign Jamal Adams, so, I mean, Jamal Adams, what a great pickup for them. He was getting into a fight yesterday <laughs> with Pete Carroll on the sideline, I think. Mm-hmm. It's going good. Is it Gase? Oh. Uh, it's going good. Uh, we got to get to a break because we got to wrap up horror on the other side. By the way, picked up chewing on cigars to suppress my appetite. Yep. Don't think other people should do it. That's I'm just the, telling yeah. you what I'm doing. It's yeah. not healthy. It's the point of 9%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I got fat rather quickly. You get addicted doing that, by the way. To chewing on those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I will, though. <laughs> okay. Tobacco, I'm already starting to feel sick because of it. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you continually do it. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big like, hey, you should try a lot of things out. <laughs> Tobacco's always been problematic for me. I mean, always has been problematic for me. Even in fifth grade when I was selling cigarettes, I wasn't even, I wasn't getting high off my own supply because it made me sick. What's up, Nick? The good news for you is you totally don't have an addictive personality. I agree. Oh, oh. Zito, what is the poll for today? Oh, yes, poll today is who's the best team in the NFL right now? Uh, Saints are at 4.7%, Packers 9.5%, Steelers 37.7%, Chiefs 48.1%. Big AFC morning here on the poll. Joining us now is a man from NFL Network, an insider, friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Wrap up hard. How's it going, Bob? Good, man. How are you? Eh, not too shabby, man. <laughs> a little overreaction Monday here. Colts lost to the uh, Ravens in a uh, pretty big way. Uh, other than that, everything's good. How's it in your world? It feels like we had a couple injuries yesterday that might be uh, some some marquee names going out for a little. Is McCaffrey done for, Ian? What's going on with him? That shoulder looked like a quarterback. Looked a little bit like a quarterback type reaction there. Yeah, it- it was weird because he came back in the game and you know usually if a guy comes back in the game that generally means they're good to go right usually they're they're fine but checked on that this morning and the reaction i got was not a good one i mean i don't have a definitive detailed analysis on like exactly what it is or how long he's out but the fact that he was in as much pain as he was uh he had tests earlier today still waiting on final results and i guess the decision as far as like when he's actually going to be able to come back but from what i understand his status this week is in doubt and that's frustrating from a football standpoint it's also frustrating if you're a fantasy football person because you've waited six weeks and then he plays plays great and then now we'll see when he's actually able to play again oh ian he's a human okay <laughs> yeah. to hell with Jeez. the fantasy football teams let's talk about reality football. Upset because they don't have 
punter fantasy stuff. I mean, I have no yeah. punter on my fantasy. Team. Well, that's because that? fantasy football was founded by terrorists. <laughs> that's why. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's true. I, Matthew Barry Check told it. me. Yeah. Matthew mm-hmm. Barry told me, and he created it. So he's the one who told me. Um, <laughs> I have a good scoring right. system, by the way, four punters in fantasy. Nobody's ever asked. God, what, so. is well, I, what is it? Why? So pooch punts, by the way, okay, like 50 plus punts, those should be considered like a free throw. Uh, so it should be like he won two for two on his pooch punts, like inside of 20 or whatever, as opposed to a cutting into your yardage and gross. Because there's some guys who are great punters who's on a team that has great defense but a bad offense. So they'll pin a team. They'll have to punt from being backed up. The offense is bad. You have four punts that are all like inside of 20, but you average 35 yards. It's like, well, I can't keep up with the guys that average 50 yards, but I did just go four for four here from the goddamn free throw line. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, I yeah. think there's, there's ways to adjust. It that can make it interesting, but it seems like you're a bit too too above all that information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I would just say the main thing for me is if people cared that much, somebody would have devised that system. And no, no people it. don't know. People, people no, no, you all are so stupid in the fantasy <laughs> world. You don't know anything about punting, and you don't. You, the people that get in the media know nothing about punting. You kick the ball. Oh, let's talk about let's talk about your fingers okay touching little buttons on a phone for a living other breaking news baker mayfield had covid during his bye week does it feel like uh this is something that might happen going forward with bye week teams kind of relaxing on the protocols a little bit and will he be in trouble for this upcoming week so first of all he did not have covid Uh, he was placed on the covid 19 reserve list but he did not have it so he had a uh, high risk close contact with someone who had it a a staff member with the browns i'm not sure who i don't believe that name has been made public yet but baker did not have it so what that means is i was told he could be cleared to practice by wednesday so if you go back five days that means he had a close contact with someone who has it i think on saturday or friday whichever the Whichever the math is, I'm not actually sure right now, honestly. But one of those days, he had a close contact. And, um, yeah, he should be fine and have a normal week of practice. But, you know, this year has caused so many things to be different, right, including bye weeks. Usually, you get a bye week, it's week seven, you're like, oh, man, I'm tired, this is terrible, I'm going to go away, and you take your family or whoever to, like, the Bahamas. You can't do that this year. You have to stay in town because everyone has to get tested every single day. Um, so, of course, players are frustrated. Their wives or significant others or whoever hate it because they can't go out of town. But it does hopefully limit the spread of this thing because guys aren't just going out and doing whatever they want during the bye week, then coming the back into the facility and being like, all right, everybody, let's, you know, let's hug and be close and spread COVID. Like, hopefully that does not happen. Yeah, it takes all of us, Ian. Mm-hmm. It Don't takes forget. all of us. What happened with the Colts? Because the Colts had a little bit of an outbreak there last week, and then it seemed to have made them play bad football. Is that, <laughs> is that something that we have tied together, COVID and bad football, or is there any scientific research? Are, are you, as someone who follows the Colts closely, I'm like being serious, are you worried about them? Because their record is good, but there's not a lot of positivity toward a team that should have more positive stuff. So their defense is really good. 
So I didn't know if their defense was real or not. The defense is very real. I think the DeForest Buckner trade was a good one. Darius Leonard coming back is very good news. And on the back end, they're very sound. And it's probably a breaking news from the Colts there uh, because they're going to tell you the same thing to me. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to move the ball against anybody of significance whenever they have to win a real game. I think they'll win games that they're supposed to win. When it becomes a real game, I got a lot of questions on whether or not they can fucking do it, Ian. And I don't think they can. Um, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger, a team that... Will have to the Colts would have to beat if the Colts wanted to make a run in the AFC would have to be the Pittsburgh Steelers the only undefeated team left that Roethlisberger injury yesterday didn't look like a very I mean whenever I saw it I've seen Roethlisberger take like 700 hits worse than that but for whatever reason looked like he has a lot of pain in his face he walks it yeah. off misses a series comes back out of the cave like Jesus in the second <laughs> half gets them to a win over the Cowboys but it was ugly what do we know about Ben's injury is he going to be all right yeah, I mean, it's first of all, you talk about Ben Roethlisberger injuries different from almost any other player because, and I've done this a mil- literally a million times over the last ten years because he gets injured, he points to whatever it is. I think he pointed to the outside of his knee yesterday, and everyone, you know, on Twitter goes crazy, and then he comes back out for the second half because he always does. Like, I don't know how many years Ben has left. I I don't. I mean, this could be it. It could be next year. Whatever it ends up being, right? But I really think he's at the point now where he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to play through it and until I can't play through it. Like it's like the arm last year. Same thing. You know his elbow was hurting before that. You know he's been dealing with elbow pain before. He just was like, I'm going to play with this thing until it falls off. And then basically all of the ligaments fell off. Um, I would say for the knee, you know, I would never rule him out of the game next week. I think he's getting it checked out just to make sure he's okay. But – he will have to be officially ruled out on the injury report for me to think that he will actually not play in Sunday's game. Um, but it is amazing that he gets that injury, comes back, and he looks just as good as he previously did. Like, he really is incredible. Very interesting there in your world. So is there some players you put on a list where you're like, okay, uh, this particular player, whenever we hear something about it, this could affect him for the next week or so. This guy, yeah, this dude is just a, a maniac, okay, whatever happens. Is that something that you really do have to weigh? Or is the information coming to you basically being said like, yeah, we all know how this dude is, but this currently is happening? So it really does change based on who the person is. I'll give you an example. So Michael Thomas gets the high ankle sprain early in the year. And I was working on it. And my colleague Tom Pelissero is working on it too. We're kind of combining forces. And so we finally nail it down that he's going to miss multiple weeks. I think that was how we reported it. And, you know, you reach out to people close to him. You, you know the kind of players. You reach out to the team. To, you do sort of all the checks. And everyone said the same thing. Don't rule him out. Like, I know what you're saying. You're right. The MRI says multiple weeks. Don't rule them out. And so reporting-wise, we kind of danced around it for a little bit because everybody was like, I think he's going to play, even though he ended up missing four weeks. So, like, that was that actually does skew the reporting because he's so tough and he wants to play so bad that he will, like, always just kind of put himself out there. Hmm. Um, I would say the same thing. Like, I reported, I've reported on a bunch of Tom Brady injuries over the past – eight years whatever um every time i do it it's always with the thought of like brady will probably be out there regardless so like i could like when brady got his like horrendous hand cut Thumb, injury yeah. a couple years back yeah i knew it was bad i did not know it was that bad but everybody was telling me 
he's going to play. So just know he's going to play. So that does change things. That's probably why you didn't report about me having a dislocated kneecap my <laughs> entire final year. It yep. doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Uh, I, funny you say that. I heard a rumor in your last year before you uh, went off into the sunset or whatever that you were dealing with a serious knee injury and that you may retire after the season. I'm not joking. Really? I never quite confirmed it. And then when I finally got to a point where I was going to like really dig on it, you were going to retire. And so I was like, wow, I guess the knee was really bad. And that was, that was it. Well, who was it? Was it one of my people that leaked that or was it? I mean, I'm I'm not going to. Come on. Who needs to get cut out of the fucking circle? You know, I need to know. Uh, Nobody um, definitively confirmed, so that's good. Okay, good news. Yeah, so I like that my people were all kind of like, hey, he might be really Ian, down in Tampa, I mean, you talked about Tom Brady there, knowing that he's probably going to play or whatever, uh, whenever he shows up on the injury report, because that's kind of what he's done. And the TB12 treatment heals everything faster than everything else anyways. Uh, do they have enough avocado ice cream down there to figure out what the hell they got going on? And what is the word you're hearing about what's going on behind the scenes? Who's mad at who? Is everything just like, we got to figure this out. We're a new operation. What happened with Antonio Brown coming in the locker room? What are you hearing from Tampa Bay? Because last night looked bad. I mean, bad. It was bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Bad. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I would say like, you know, I think they're going to be okay, but this is not a team that can be okay i mean this is a team that you build to win the super bowl and so it was alarming i mean to watch them be dismantled like then it's funny you know like all of the shows all across every network is doing the same thing now where it's like what's wrong with the bucks are you worried about brady saints defense also pretty good defensive coordinator dennis allen pretty good um not a lot of people care that these saints were the team that just completely discombobulated them but um i would say for an offense that's supposed to be cohesive after looking like they had over the past couple weeks where people were talking about Brady as a potential MVP candidate. I wonder how many other teams are going to go to school on what the Saints did to them. Like how many teams are going to be looking at that and going, all right, we can do the same thing to Brady. And you know, his interceptions were bad. The one to Antonio Brown was particularly bad because it looked like AB stopped on his route or ran the wrong route. And I know the offense is similar to what he was doing in Pittsburgh, and he was supposed to kind of hit the ground running, but he obviously didn't. Well, and then so, Ian, Ian, that was how, long is, I mean, how long is it going to take? I think the one to Gronk was probably the worst one because that was like the least, the la- yeah, that least Tom Brady I, I, move of all time. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> he looked like uh, he almost. Yeah, I thought he got his. It looked like he got his arm hit on that one. Yeah, but the decision too. I mean, he was like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. you know what I mean. He looked like Philip Rivers for a second. Whoa, <laughs> hey, whoa. No offense, Philip Rivers. Okay, but Philip Rivers is <laughs> no offense. No offense. offense. <laughs> but that's a throw that Philip Rivers definitely seems like offense. No, 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 no offense. Ian, don't be putting words in my mouth. Okay, respect. But that's a throw that Philip Rivers. Now that I know Philip Rivers a little bit, like. He would not be scared to make that throw. No, no. Okay, middle of the field, potentially 10 people there. Uh, we got to win it. I'm going to do it. Phillip Rivers has maybe the most aggressive mindset in the history of quarterbacks, and I love him for it. Um, but anyways, that's what that looked like. Um, whenever you talk about 
the read route, though, where I think Antonio Brown saw the safety potentially coming in over top, so he didn't want to stack him. He actually wanted to cut it off. That's just, I think, a communication thing with them. But the issue is, how much time will they be able to work on that to regain that? Because it looked like last night a couple of times he was telling Antonio what route to make. There was one time where he wanted to shift and it was the wrong they actually pointed at Antonio Brown to go in the shift I'm intrigued to see how that all plays out because boy whatever happened to that offense last night was not great Tone what do you got uh Ian Chargers Lions Jags Jets who's getting fired next when's it when's it happening uh okay Chargers Lions Jags Jets okay so Chargers I don't sense anything anytime soon I probably am crazy I legitimately think the Chargers are a good football team yeah so do we um I mean, I'm just from the. I, it's like same same reason. I think the Giants are way better than the record, just because so I watch and I. So I don't think Anthony Lynn's getting fired anytime soon. You know, the other it's like the Jaguars, the Jets. I just don't know why you would do it, mm. right? Like, if you're like look, the Jets' season is what it is by now. They haven't won a game. The Jaguars have won one game. What would be like actually the point of firing someone now, right? I mean, you know, you hire an interim, you get a couple, you get a little balance, you win three or four games, and then you feel like that's the guy who should be there long term. Like that's kind of a issue. And then I don't know. It's like you're not going to turn your season around. It's already lost. So ride it out. Get the full picture. Let all the candidates know that you're a patient person, and stick with them. Uh, I think the Lions. Oh. You know, obviously aren't in a great place right now. The last two losses have been bad. Uh, this was playoffs or bust. So I don't think anything's happening, first of all, anytime soon. Second of all, until and unless they get officially eliminated from the playoffs. If that's the case, then maybe you'll see something. Interesting little point there about the owners showcasing to maybe candidates how patient they are. They were, hey, listen, we're not just going to drop the axe middle of the season. No, we will fire your ass at the end of the season. <laughs> the middle of the season, we will at least give you a chance to turn things around. I think that is yeah. a, a good little piece of information to have for your candidate. Last question before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for joining us, Ian. We know you're very, very busy, man. And uh, I assume today you'll be very busy all, all over NFL Network. I can also host a rap sheet and friends, which is a show you oh, have to listen have to. Love it. Have to. have to listen to that show. Um, so this morning we woke up on Twitter, and everything that was trending was that there's a vaccine coming for COVID-19. As early as November, uh, the end of November, I think we all understand this is probably gonna happen January, probably 20 something-ish, if we had to guess. Is that changing anything with the way the NFL is handling this with either the testing, what has happened with the testing, the advancements in the testing or a potential vaccine? Like, has anything changed in the COVID-19 protocol with the NFL from the beginning of the season to now? And does it involve like an update in anything that could potentially help the rest of the world out? Um, the only, there have been some changes during the season. Like they now do day of game testing, which is how we found out that a Packers linebacker tested positive a couple of days ago. Um, those tests come back after the game, but you still do day of game testing. So I think that's something uh, that's been an advancement. The protocols are much stricter now. Like if you have someone who tests positive, they isolate the close contacts, get them out of there. Um, that I mean, we saw basically the entire Raiders offensive line not practice one week. We saw Stafford not practice. I mean, it's um, it's much stricter as far as the vaccine. It's not going to affect anything during the season, but let's say a vaccine becomes readily available in let's say late January, possible, right? For the I'm not I'm not talking about like high risk population. I'm talking about like those of us who are like great upstanding 
citizens, no issues, yeah. you know, middle age. Uh-huh. Yup. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably get it last. Sorry. Um, I know it sucks. Come on. Um, I thought it would be great. No, by the way, I'll go uh, down with the ship. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So I think that might change things like the combine or owners meetings or the draft. Like if you, okay, if we all could get it before that, maybe that stuff goes on as normal. Otherwise you'll probably see a, a somewhat revised version of all that. <sighs> Thank you, Ian. I appreciate that. Any other news you're going to break immediately after getting off the phone with us? Um, let me check my phone. Yeah, just make sure. No, come on. Nothing. Are you sure? As yeah. of right now, I'm. There is a phone call that I'm waiting on. Ooh. Oh, I, it could mm. just come at any time. Oh, oh. from who? From who? From who? So, um, give us a little taste. I'll tell you. Actually, it's interesting. So, this person, he's going to call me. He's from. Oh, 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 that son of a bitch! I hate him. I absolutely hate it. I can't believe he just did that. You know, he might have fucked himself, though. He doesn't even know it. Yeah. Did we? I think we're clear, but I hate when they do that because <laughs> I do get nervous. <laughs> Holy hell. So those that are only listening on Sirius right there, we have a – they FaceTime in, right? Because I think it's a much better conversation when you can see the human. And I've learned that when the people can see me, it's a lot better conversation, too, because sometimes, I guess, things that I say can be misinterpreted because the words that I'm saying mm-hmm. and potentially the way they're being delivered aren't exactly the way they are supposed to be because, you know, 80% of communication is nonverbal. So Ooh. that's why we FaceTime or whatever, and it's always a split screen. But whenever they hang up when we don't know it, there's a chance, you see, on the other side of that, oh. that as soon as you hang up a FaceTime, you know what pops up is a – Potentially their information that you numbers. can space time. Social security. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's always a sweater. But that's on him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's on him. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that everyone wants to keep their home and family safe. Absolutely. Whether it's from a break-in, a fire, flooding, or a medical emergency, Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors. You get the best professional monitors in the entire business. They've got your back day and night. Ready to send police, fire, EMTs when you need them most straight to your door. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every single inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes or less. It's super easy. There's no wires. There's no weirdos in your house. You set this thing up in under 30 minutes. Then Simply Safe's professionals take over, monitoring your home 24-7 and ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Plus, with Simply Safe, there's no long-term contracts. No, uh-huh. no. Nope. No hidden fees. Uh-huh. No, no. And no installation costs. Wow. Wow. Right now, listeners of this show get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash McAfee. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's literally nothing to lose. That's incredible. What is that, a $1,000 value? It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Feels like. You know, what's the cost of security and comfort? Can you even put a price on it? No. I don't think you can. They do, though. Relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah. Visit simplysafe.com slash McAfee for your free security camera today. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E. We love Simply Safe around here. We sure do. Absolutely love Simply mm-hmm. Safe. 
The cameras are great. It's not like the old school cameras where if you watch Dateline or any Bigfoot documentary where it's all blurry. No, no, no. These are high def cameras that see exactly what's happening. They pop on anytime they sense any movement at all. Then they automatically start recording what's going on. Even if you don't tell them to, you just go into your app as easy as pie to see what's going on around your house. It really is. You will never miss something going on in your house. Which, by the way, in a content-driven world also helps. Yeah, it really does. Shout out to Simply Safe. Shout out to you for getting comfort and security at an incredibly reasonable price. With no assholes coming through your house and doing anything like that. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You set this up. There are no installation costs, no long-term fees, no contracts that get you bind in, in any fashion at all. No, no. This is simplysafe.com slash McAfee, and you add a free security camera onto your order and a 60-day risk-free trial. <whistles> Why not protect your shit? Probably should. Why not do it with Simply Safe? Award-winning Simply Safe. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is a man who is a general manager for the Cleveland Browns, football savant. He's an author. He writes. He podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, a very Italian man, Michael Lombardi. How are we doing? I'm great. The boys are pumped that you're here joining us today, obviously. Um, Paizan, how was the weekend? How was the weekend gambling? What were some things that stuck out to you? What are some threads of the weekend that you're going to take into next week whenever you're doing gambling picks? Well, I thought that, you know, I was 3-2 and two on my overall picks. Uh, I had uh, the Ravens. That was a good one for me. Uh, I had Arizona. That was a good one for me. And then uh, I had the Raiders, and that was a good one for me. Not that I fed them. I just recommended them. And then I got killed by the two ones that the public was on, Tampa, which I thought was a really disappointing result. And even they didn't show up. I mean, they didn't even show up. And Seattle, which I thought would be a high-scoring game, but I thought Seattle would get control of it late and win by a touchdown. So it was, I think, the the, the clear message that I would share with your listeners is if you don't score in the fourth quarter, you're not going to win these games. I know that sounds really simplistic, but the Arizona Cardinals scored no points in the fourth quarter. They didn't win. The Dallas Cowboys scored no points in the fourth quarter. They couldn't win. The Houston Texans scored no points in the fourth quarter, almost lost. And I think that when you look at that, the Raiders scored three points, had one first down in the fourth quarter, and almost lost. So I think the message there is you better keep your foot on the gas at all times. So what? So let's. Um, the Houston Texans not covering, by the way, was a mind boggler. I think for everybody who was watching that game, and then the fourth quarter just kind of shut it down. If you're looking at those teams and you're saying fourth quarter they need to score, is that coaching? Is that scheme? Is that player? What is it? Because there's a couple. Like for instance, last night. And we had an overreaction from somebody on uh, Twitter. They said that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got their shit pushed in on in the first quarter and the second quarter, and they didn't change anything for the second half. Is it adjustments when you're talking fourth quarter football, yeah. or is it just it, the players making plays? No, I think it's adjustments. Like let's just take let's take the the Raiders. Raiders get the big play, and I'm fortunate to win this one. The Raiders get the drop punt. They recover the fumble. They have the ball first and 10 with about six minutes to go in the game. They're up by two. And they get one first down. They're only first down in the fourth quarter. And then they settle for a, a field goal, which puts them up by five. But you and I both know I'm watching that game. The Raiders never stopped the Chargers, right? They never stopped them. And so they went right down the field, and they called two of the easiest passes 
the, the laziest passes to ever in, in, in a passing offense, alley-oops. Like, that's the laziest play call you can make. That's a play call you're saying, I'm going to blame the players when it doesn't work. Well, they should have made the play. You know, like, you have Justin Herbert. I ask yourself this question. Would Andy Reid have called two fades back-to-back? Okay, so it's – hold on. So very interesting you say that because Andy Reid, you look at some plays that they have each week and you're like, the defense could have never stopped that. Last Yesterday right. it was quarterback in motion <laughs> – Quarterback right. take snap in motion, roll out naked opposite direction in which way he was rolling, and then a drag route along the back. The Panthers had no chance against that play. There was they could have never practiced it. They wouldn't have practiced it. And that's my point. So you've got to prepare for the fourth quarter. You've got to have special plays in. Anthony Lynn didn't have a gotta have it play in the fourth quarter. He and he had, and he, the reason he lost is oh we didn't make a play. No, you didn't prepare for the situation. And the Raiders had a chance. They got fortunate, right? They got fortunate. And some of these teams, Arizona, another example, okay? They've got the ball. After the two-minute warning, it's third and one. They throw a pass, incomplete. Cliff decides to kick a 49-yard field goal. Now, to tie the game. What he doesn't realize at the time is his opponent is not just the Miami Dolphins. His opponent is also the clock. Because if that field goal were good, Miami has a minute 52 to go in the game to come back and beat you, and the kicker just made a 50-yard field goal. So you can't you can't kick there. You can't settle for the field goal there. You just can't do it. There's too much time in the game. There's too much time. And don't give me this crap, well, our defense is going to make a stop. Have you watched the whole game? Your defense didn't make a stop the whole afternoon. They gave up 34 points. There's a so lot. That, to me, is really what I – is one of the biggest things that bothers me about – we blame the players so much for not executing, but the preparation for critical moments is just not there. And that's the thing. Andy Reid's his offensive guru, right? Everybody knows that. But there's other offensive gurus all around the league, and it feels like every week, and now granted it might be because they have 700 moving pieces that they can use, but every week it feels like there's a play that Andy Reid came up with that the defense had no fucking chance. Like the defense just had no clue. It looked like they were Zach Galifianakis with question marks going around, and before they could even figure out what was going on, touchdown the other way. It feels like Andy Reid takes advantage of that a lot more than any of the other offensive geniuses. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night, though. That was a team that was, by all accounts, one of the favorites in the NFC. Everybody was going to talk about it. Everybody knew the Saints game was massive for the division, obviously. But at the end of the day, you assume Tom Brady, that Buccaneers team, which has been loaded with talent. The defense played well a couple weeks ago. You thought you would continue to see that team get better. They completely laid an egg, and the defense for the last two times now has not been as dominant as they were against the Packers. In the offense, if the Giants and the Saints, did they do the same thing? Are they going to, is this the blueprint to beat that offense? Like, how do you feel about the state of the Buccaneers looking forward when just before this last night, we would have said Tampa Bay is going to be in it at the end. Now it's like, are they going to be able to figure this thing out? Well, if they don't protect Brady, they're not going to be in it. I mean, if they make Brady look from the first play of the game, they made Brady move in the pocket. And I'm not talking about sacking Brady. I'm talking about making him move right to left, left to right, making him slide, making him get comfortable, not step up move, moving laterally. And it's the same thing with Rivers in Indianapolis. Baltimore made him slide right and left. Now, Breeze slides right and left and gets rid of the ball so quickly that it's hard to get to him. And Sean Payton's one of those guys who wouldn't have called two fades, too, by the way. He would have had something unique for that situation. That's why he carries – that's why he carries Taysom Hill. He knows he needs a separate player. 
So, yeah, I mean, look, the Bucks' problem is if their offensive line plays the way they did the last two weeks, the Bucks won't win a playoff game. Is it AQ Shipley time down there? Bring him in. Is Put it, him in. Is it the round mound of man, AQ Shipley from Moon Township's time? We will find out. Let's talk. Let's go to the Steelers Cowboys now. Let's jump over to the AFC. Steelers, by all accounts, should have won yesterday by, I don't know, 30, 40 points. Mm-hmm. Gary Gilbert gets hot for the Cowboys. That's Ooh. a real close one. What do you think you learned about the Steelers? And if you were in the Steelers organization, what would your thought be after yesterday? Would you be like, all right, thank God the boys are going to get woken up here? Or are you a little bit worried that the boys play? terrible and still got to win in the nfl look you, you, this isn't a hollywood movie as uncle junior said in the sopranos we're not shooting a western here like it's not going to go perfect right there's going to be bumps in the road and all the conversations that we've had about how bad dallas is you know the Steeler players have heard that that permeated in the locker room and it's hard to get their attention when you know you're going to dominate a team so I, I forgive them on that i think the bigger issue is this is can they cover if you can protect? That's the issue Pittsburgh needs to really address. Can those guys cover well enough? They couldn't yesterday and when the Cowboys could protect. And then secondly, I think watching Pittsburgh is I think that they have that they lack that explosive back in the backfield. That guy that can really they can get into a groove running the ball. I think there's so much pressure on Ben to make plays all the time that he has those moments during the game where he's hot or cold. Like he was cold in the first part of the game. And I think there's a lot of pressure. I think Connor's a good player. I'm not dismissing him. I still think he's an explosively great player. I think that's why they started giving the rock to McFarland, yeah. hoping that he could be the explosive guy, and maybe he'll be able to do that. Yeah. But the Steelers looked human last night, which was – You know, obviously a very, very interesting thing. Um, In the NFC, you go to Seattle Seahawks. They go to Buffalo. Um, Seattle Seahawks fall, obviously, yesterday. Uh, Russell Wilson has his seventh turnover in three games yesterday. It's a very, very interesting situation with that Seahawks team because if you look at the travel, okay, Seattle – Probably a nice plane if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Over there in yeah. Buffalo, probably social distancing in there, all first class because they get to travel a long way. They go to Buffalo, and Russell Wilson has notoriously been good on the road. I think it's like 8-1 and one or something like that on the road. 10-0 and oh straight up his last 10 on the East Coast. 10-0 and oh straight up. Yeah, Gumby with, <laughs> Gumby with the new. Throwing fastball. Throwing fastball. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that he normally does well on the East Coast, but that first half against a hot Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen was red hot. That was an interesting one for me, both for the Bills. Okay, are the Bills all the way back to being the team they were the first couple weeks, and should we take the Bills serious? But for the Seahawks, it was like that was a 10 a.m. start for them, 5 a.m. wake-up, I'd assume, for a lot of the players' local time and everything like that. Should we dive too deep into it? Is Russell Wilson dead? If, if Russell Wilson doesn't have a perfect game, do the Seahawks have no chance? And what do you think about the Buffalo Bills? I, I think Buffalo, look, the weather was great. It was a perfect situation, and Seattle's fast defense, if they keep continue to play like that, they're not a Super Bowl team. They're, they're not going to beat anybody out scoring them, let's be real honest. So, you know, Russell Wilson has to play perfectly, but they also have to control the pace of the game. That defense needs to play 25 minutes, not 35. And Pete said after the game, they were surprised by the game plan of Buffalo not trying to run the ball. Well, the only reason Buffalo ran the ball the week before is because New England encouraged them to run. They got a nickel, and they said, you run it, and we'll keep the score down. When Allen's hot and he's throwing the ball, and guys were wide-ass open. I mean, there were guys open. They're a good team. But I don't think everybody's going to play Buffalo like that. I think the problem with Seattle is is that Jamal Adams is not a coverage guy. He's a linebacker. He blitzes. He's the leading sacker with three and a half. 
they can't control the game up front with their defensive line, and they're not good enough in the back end. So if Russ doesn't play from in front like he did yesterday, and they play from behind, they start the game off 14 nothing. it's a real issue. Yeah, Mike, do you see uh, Pete Carroll bringing Dan Quinn back to be the defensive coordinator with Ken Norton struggling? Mm. He's already fired Ken Norton once. I mean, he fired him once. And, and then, you know, so and after the game, he said, we got to do a better job of making adjustments, too. I think I could see him bringing Dan Quinn back. Yeah, I do. I think he's got to get involved with the defense because he's got to fix it. Look, the job of a head coach is the chief figure out officer, right? He's got to figure out what the hell's wrong and fix it. Right. And most of the assistants are going to say, well, we need a better player here. We need a better player there. You know, and as Al Davis used to say to me all the time, make the coaches think they're high school coaches because a high school coach, he, he can only coach what he has. Like midway through the high school season, he's not getting two players off the waiver wire to help his high school team. Right. So Al Davis used to make them be like high school coaches, make them think they got to get the players better. Well, the training deadline's over, but they're not going to get any more players on Seattle. they got to make the ones they have play better. And I think that's really the challenge that Pete has. I will say, Carlos Dunlap, hell of a debut yesterday. He yeah. was, Carlos Dunlap is a good help, and uh, Jamal Adams, hopefully that'll continue to grow. But it is problematic whenever you give up all those points. And uh, Cam Newton, to Boston Connors' stat book, 396 yards passing against the Seattle Seahawks defense. He averages 149 yards. I mean, so that thing, they got to figure it out up there fast. But Russell Wilson now lives in Aaron Rodgers' territory where you got to put the team on your back, though. What's going on, Diggs? For the, for the Seahawks and for a broader picture, like you said, Pete Carroll said that he didn't expect that game plan. They're number four against the run and number 28 against the pass. What did he expect the Bills to do? Like that, that's, you know, that's, that's a great question. I mean, I listened to his press clippings. We talked about it on my podcast this morning. It was shocking. He said, we didn't make the adjustments. We anticipated they were going to run the ball. Why would anybody run the ball against Seattle? Just keep slinging it. They, they can't cover. You know, they can't cover, and you can get open against them. So, to me, you're not doing a good job of scout yourself. Like you, When you're a head coach, you got to ask yourself the question, if I were coaching the other team, how would I attack us? And then prepare your game plan accordingly. I mean, that's the Rams. You know, the Rams go into the Ram game. They're going to throw it on you. They're going to throw it on you. And if you can't punch Derek off in the mouth early in the game, he's going to get confidence. And if he gets confidence that he can sling it, it's, it's going to be trouble for you. By the way, great Michael Lombardi gambling tip. Watch my, uh, Jared Goff's math the first, <laughs> the first couple of series, and you'll be able to find out immediately whether or not the Rams are in that game or not. Immediately. That's, a, that's one of the best Michael Lombardi gambling tips we've gotten this year. Good live bet is Jared Goff in his demeanor after the first couple of series. What do you got, Boston Connor? Uh, Mr. Lombardi, what can we expect from Cam Newton and the Patriots tonight? And if they do lay a dud, do you see them getting rid of their general manager? <laughs> <laughs> their head coach? No. I think their head coach is going in the Hall of Fame. I don't think they're going to fire him. I, I mean, look, they have a lot of injuries tonight. You know, no Stephon Gilmore, no Lawrence Guy, no Bentley. They have one tight end on the roster. The Harry, the receiver's not playing. Edelman's not playing. They're a beat-up team. I mean, this is a, to me, this is a ridiculous line, no matter how bad the Jets are. This is a line that would be when the Patriots were good. And even though they played well in the second half last week against Buffalo, the Patriots haven't proven that they can be a good team yet. I mean, they have to run the ball. They've got to have play action. And Cam's got to play better. So I think it's a closer game than that. I don't think they'll fire the GM or the coach, though. Nice. Do you think that we're at a point now, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, where maybe at night, you know, when we lay our heads down, we go, 
you know what? We were better together. I miss you. Do you ever think that? <laughs> I miss you. Yeah, you know, I, I think this. I think if the Patriots still had Tom, it would, Tom would not be able to work within that framework. Not enough talent on that team to really make it work. And I think Brady does miss the, the structure, the the consistency. You know, he's been was in a marriage for 19 years, and every time he got ready to play a game, he was used to it. Now it's completely different. And this is what we all learn, people from the Belichick Mafia, we all learn that it's not the same somewhere else as it is in that building. And when you go somewhere else, you think it is, you learn the hard way it's not. What is? Uh, what are some slight differences you think that people don't realize that is in the Belichick building that is anywhere else? Aside from like, well, we work hard in, in that whole Yeah. Oh, like the preparation for the game. The game situation's got to have it plays. You know, what plays are we going to run? What's going to happen in this situation? What is the offense going to run when they have to have a play? What is the defense going to run? Uh, What's the best third yardage play? You know, all the situations in the game. What's their onside kick look like? What happens if they try to run a fake punt out of this floor? You know, all that stuff gets covered. And you feel really prepared going into a game. Uh, and not that doesn't happen all the time because most of the time head coaches are looking at their play sheets. So they're not really looking at everything that's going on. They're relying on their assistants, not in New England. You know what they're doing up there? They're playing chess. Everybody else playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. we got caught. Mike, do you uh, looking at the Saints, do you think they're kind of setting the table to be able to actually make a run here? Do you worry about Drew Brees' arm as the season continues and if they don't get home field, him potentially having to go on the road and play outside somewhere? And before you get started there, Lombardi, there was a lot to talk about last Wednesday, Thursday. Drew Brees was sitting out of practice. He looked better than he's looked in some time. Maybe that's a new routine for him. Ooh. I think that's going to be it, Pat. I think he's not. Why, why, why risk having him throw the He's throwing enough wise, wise spacings, you know, you know, he's thrown enough these slants. He's thrown enough choice routes in his life. I mean, seriously, he on Friday, he can rest that arm and come back. I mean, the, the, the it's interesting. The Saints had a harder time beating the Bears than they did beating the Bucks. Think about that. Oh, I mean, uh, they had a harder time beating the, the, the Bears. Of course, 10 points, they came back from behind, moved the ball way better than the Bucks ever moved. Behind a worse line with, with, with not as good a quarterback. So, to me, the Saints are really kind of an iffy team. They go up and down. They obviously were much more prepared to play that game than I thought they would be. I thought the Bucks would play really well. I was disappointed. I love Todd Bowles, but I thought the defense didn't really. They had no pressure on Breeze. Boring. Hey, it was a it was a boring defense. It felt like, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it felt like it was just boring to watch. You're just letting Drew do whatever the fuck he wants, and everybody knows Drew's going to dump it out into the flat. He's gonna, like now, granted, he hit he did hit a couple last night, which were beautiful to see. But it's almost like as a fan watching, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to misguide. They're going to try to redirect or misdirect and kind of magic trick and put some dressing on it. But he's going to just do this the whole time and Todd Bowles they had no answer for it the offense didn't either could have just been a bad night I'll see you at 3 30 Michael Lombardi with thank hammered you, down thank you no I All appreciate right, guys. Hey, you, hey you look good pal thank you I appreciate it I, you know yeah I gotta get on your program I gotta get on that no car program it's hard <laughs> I, I ate my last carb yesterday I'm gonna try okay. hey! Michael gonna Lombardi try. we appreciate you man we'll see you in a little bit is with a new segment I would like to have. Everybody knows that this show is a big segment show, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. We have a lot of recurring segments oh, yeah. on this uh -huh. show. Everything. Basically, our show is A block, B block, C block, D block. In the A block, we got our segs. Okay. In the B block, we got our segs. <laughs> mm -hmm. In the C block, you should see those goddamn oh. segs. And then the segs in the D are really the capping off. You know Next what I mean? Level. Big yeah. D block seg. We're a big seg group. Okay. Mm, big seg. But a seg I would like to add because of how awesome the reaction is on Twitter 
is a, you know an overreaction of the people segment Ooh. i would like this because once i said hey i would like to hear from people on the twitter world uh hashtag pat i don't want to overreact but the thing trended in like 15 minutes or something like that very low but we were trending it was trending and we got a lot of responses i'd like to read through those right now what do you say new segment hashtag pat i don't want to overreact but we love segments don't 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 overreact now that's not working Oh, no. <laughs> That's what that was. It's not working. Uh-oh. We had a whole thing. Hey, good say. Good, good say. say. Good say. Good say. We had an entire open for that thing. Oh. We created... <laughs> It was the first time our show was a real show. Should we try one more time? It was literally, I'm trying it. it was literally the first time our show was ever a real fucking show. We had a segment. We had an open. It uh, had sound. Uh, we had good interaction with the community. I mean, it was a real fucking segment. And then what happens? We only get out the goddamn starting block. Yeah. <laughs> it worked before the show. We did test it. Bro, you should have seen Jay. Jay was back here working in the lab mm-hmm. trying to make a graphic for it. Maybe a little sound come up. Pow, pow! We have a segment. And then we roll it out here. 105 Eastern Standard. And that thing just boom, 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 all over itself. <sighs> huh. What are we doing now? I don't know. <sighs> Do we push on with the seg? I think, I think you do, because so. it was going to be a really good one. Yeah. It was a good seg. Yeah, but if we don't have the open for the seg, is it even really a fucking seg? Just remake the oh. open right now. Okay, ready? Uh, a little background sound, please. Boom, 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 segment show so i asked the world uh what are you overreacting about today and we got a lot of responses i like this one first overall to uh, oh dude uh, those spilled in do those um, also not work uh, oh they're there they're there oh fox they aren't <laughs> ready oh do we have to read you the open <laughs> I love this seg. <laughs> oh, this is why we're not a seg show. By the way, I did throw this seg on Foxy very last minute. But nonetheless, this has been a very poor performance. <laughs> I think of the seg. Maybe I think after the show we have to vote on this seg. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. Fine. Is the it too much? This seg, by the yeah, way. but is this seg too much hassle, not enough fruit? You know what I mean? It like, does. is it too much? For not enough at the end. Well, we'd, we'd have to see the polished product That's to be true. able to know. Well, is there any chance we have a polished product, though, with this particular seg? <laughs> Does the seg have the legs? Does the seg have legs? Let's try out the sea legs of the seg. <laughs> at Michael Annett one or Annette one, he has a sleeveless hoodie on in his profile photo. Looks to be in pretty good shape there. Has the Punisher Whoa. on the uh, hoodie right there. This guy means business. I do believe it's in front of a shower. Uh, has a hat on. In the, it's not like it's like off the mirror uh, photo for those wondering. So you know about this guy. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but the Dark Horse MVP threw for three touchdowns and 415 yards. Hashtag Josh Allen. Hashtag Bills Mafia. You're Whoa. Whoa. 
I don't know if he's a dark horse, by the way, because he was talked about from week one being in the MVP <laughs> conversation by all of Bill's Mafia. But he did disappear after having a couple bad games, which, by the way, everybody's going to have one of those or two of those. Massive game for Josh Allen. I don't think any of us expected against the Seattle Seahawks. But also, Seattle Seahawks defense, not great against the pass. Everybody has had a big game against him. Ain't that right, Gumpy? They absolutely stink, Pat. Well, I think your mic's off, too. <laughs> but, but it is true. <laughs> It's a good segment. <laughs> Slow out the gates, but it's picking up speed, I think. I think we had a good chance there. Cam Newton threw for 396 yards against that Seattle Seahawks defense. He averages 149 yards against everybody else. The question is, is this Josh Allen the Josh Allen? Because, by the way, this Josh Allen, I bet on a couple times and then, then, then didn't have the greatest of games. Mm-hmm. So I think anybody's wondering, Michael Annette included, is, is Josh Allen an MVP caliber quarterback week in and week out? TBD, we shall see. The next one over here in hashtag, Pat, I don't want to overreact, but there is no chance my Buccaneers do anything in the playoffs. If the guys calling the plays refuse to adjust, we get our shit pushed in the first quarter and roll out the same game plan for the second. <laughs> Not going to work, Pat, says at Tampa Bay Bucks. Sisney, I believe his last name is probably Sisney or something. Mm-hmm. Sisney, Sisney, Sisney World. World. Sisney World. It didn't seem like the Buccaneers made many moves last night that helped them win games. Uh, I don't think they did anything that would make them better. Last night was just a complete suck fest for them. And then you go back to the Giants game, not a lot of great stuff either. So, I mean, there is a lot of question marks around what's going on down there. Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it not being on the same page? Feels like it could be all of that. And is that avocado ice cream potentially catching up to Tom Brady? The uh, the goal line fade was was huge back in the league. I feel like a few years ago. I feel like it doesn't happen as much anymore, except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fucking love that. So, play. you know, uh, Mike Evans, by the way, probably, I would assume – Really good at that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why they do it. But you know that, like, uh, you know the thing I hate about your curveball is the damn thing don't curve. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like fade balls, it, it turned into that quickly. Like, you know, the problem with running that whenever you need a touchdown is the damn thing doesn't get you a fucking touchdown. <laughs> it, it, corners have such better yeah. technique and reads and everything like that to break those up. It, it almost feels like that is a play that has died, like the coffin corner. Mm-hmm. There's some plays that have kind of passed away. Now, will DK Metcalf bring it back to life? Or Gronk, by the way, mm-hmm. used to do it for the Patriots down there. Oh, you yeah. do the break in or break out, depending on who's on. Maybe there might be a couple, but two of the four plays down there being fade balls was very, very interesting. I mean, it was very, very interesting. And you had AKU Shipley in one play. Why don't you just give that guy the ball? He's going to yeah. rub that thing mm-hmm. right up the gut. They got a lot to work on down there in Tampa. Shout out to Sisney World with that incredible uh, take. Next, hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but the Colts passing game fucking stinks right now. We would have better luck putting a pigskin and a catapult and pointing it towards the end zone every play <laughs> at Bailey McComas, Billy Tubes, our own guy. Billy Tubes. I mean, Billy Tubes, pull. big Colts fan, obviously. He's also a big Notre Dame fan, so congrats to him on getting that big win over Clemson Good boy, this Bill. weekend. Good job, Bill. Congrats, Bill. Um, Good job, Bill. The Colts, the Colts, uh, listen. Tom Brady's people called the Colts. Okay. Oh. Colts said, no, thank you. We're taking Phillip Rivers. Now, was Tom Brady's people calling the Colts just to set up a business negotiation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to have to pay them more? Potentially. Was it all just a ploy to be used in a business negotiation? Potentially. But whenever you pick Phillip Rivers, $25 million, over Jacoby, by the way, who got in, uh, got a delay game, and then had an incomplete pass pretty quickly. <laughs> but Jacoby, <laughs> it wasn't Jacoby's fault. But whenever you pay 
Phil Rivers, $25 million. When There was a lot of other quarterbacks available. Mm-hmm. A lot of other quarterbacks oh, yeah. were available if you wanted to go make some plays. You'd expect it. And the thing about Phil is a lot of people say he's inaccurate or whatever. He was throwing some incredibly accurate passes. I was actually mind-blown with how accurate he was. It just feels like the offense just gets stale and stagnant, and the defense is so good. And Rigoberto Sanchez had his first two touchbacks in like four years or something. The guy's unbelievable, and Hot Rod's really good. It feels like they have a team that could go and run. For some reason, it just feels like they're never going to beat the teams if they had to, and I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like that. Hopefully, they'll be able to change, but it just feels that way. They can't beat a good defense, Pat. Why? There's no way. Why? They can't move the ball fast enough why they get behind they can't move they need to run the ball philip can't move it fast down the field the talk about that team has been the o-line how great the o-line is they're 31st in the league in yards per carry like wow. that doesn't make sense yeah the ball. That they, they mentioned that yesterday during a call charles davis friend of the show was on the call and uh they made they said that and i was very intrigued by it i don't know why that's happening what? oh i know why Oh, because people just pack the box. Oh, because because you don't really have to. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Phil's looking like he's throwing cinder blocks out there. No, oh, Phil's always look like that. Okay? <laughs> That's just how he throws the ball. Phil throws the ball. Yesterday he had some. I mean, like oh, yeah. very. If you watch the game now, you can look at the stats afterwards and everything and see how it goes. And I think Phil Rivers' career is probably the same exact page if you had to look at it every single time. Yeah. He is pretty act like he throws. He threw some balls yesterday. I was like, damn, that's a great ball, but not enough weapons. Ty was out. Jack Doyle got a concussion. Uh, he got murdered actually on a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope T's and P's him. I don't know. Pittman comes in. Is his first. <sighs> I don't know. The offense just can't move. They can't do it. Just feels like an offense that should have a mobile quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Jack Doyle is out because of concussion protocol. Yeah, what are the odds they bring in Jimmy Winston next year? <laughs> James Jameis Winston's eating dubs again. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was good. But I'll be intrigued to see what they do because they're going to have to do something. Uh, they're going to free up, I think, $50 million in the quarterback room when mm-hmm. Jacoby's contract is up and Phillip Rivers' contract is up. Do they run it back with Phil Rivers? Ooh, probably. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, him and Frank have such a good relationship. How could you say no to that? They do. They do. The defense gave up uh, zero points in the first half against yeah. Baltimore, by the way. It's a pretty good effort. Uh-huh. Yeah, the defense is very good. They deserve a lot more credit than they're getting, I think, nationally. They are very good defense. But for whatever reason, Naeem Hines, our guy, he almost got killed a couple times. He, he was doing punt return, I think, one fair catch it, and there was a – I mean, he almost died one time. Guy in his grill. Freak athlete, though. Do you worry with the Colts, too? It might be like a Bears situation where it's like at a certain point the defense is just like, no, 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 no. We just cannot do this anymore. No, no, no. The Bears, by the way, that score looks a lot closer than the goddamn game was. And I'm saying that because I had Titans minus six and a half. (laughs) And whenever Nagy and Foles and the boys were making that late game push, you're down 14. There's this new data and analytics company that's come out and say, if you're down 14, it's late, go for two. Because if you don't get the first time, you can go for two the second time. And I'd say you're going to make at least one of them. And if you get it the first time, you can go for the win then in the second time. And I thought Nagy was going to be that guy. They're going to go for two. They're going to pick it up. The Titans were only going to win by six when that entire game. They should have won by like 45 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was going to be a dagger for the $71,000 parlay that old uh, Pat had. But instead, it turns out it was fucking Tua who's playing football better than anybody. We got your back. Don't worry. Yeah, Nagy. Um, Bad play caller. Last one here in this incredible segment that has been going very well, I think, by the way. This yeah. segment. Oh, yeah. It seems this good. This segment's it's not too bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to stay, but. Spun the tires out of this break, but hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but two and the Miami Dolphins are way ahead of schedule. And for real, says at Mike Bamonte. Uh, watch out for Mike. He says, "Big Mike." Whoa. Uh oh. What are we watching out for, Mike? He's not a creep, is he? I mean, from the photo, who knows? Listen, Mike. We'll watch out for you, pal. But I don't know what you're going to do. Okay. Why don't you fucking take it easy? Miami Dolphins though look really good. 
hey, Gumpy, you're from the north left part of Canada. You're a diehard Dolphins fan. Whenever Fitzmagic got benched, okay, Fitzmagic said he was heartbroken by the decision, okay? Fitzmagic said that it kind of blindsided him. It's the first time he ever felt like it was his team. They're on a two-game winning streak. Uh, and the world wept with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We wept. We wept. Because mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the most favorite humans uh, maybe the NFL has ever seen. Love We've said it for a long time. This is a guy who has the brain of a Harvard man in the heart of a plumber. Yeah. This guy will run his face into a fan. He would rather die than lose a football game. So whenever he came out and said he was heartbroken by getting benched and Brian Flores then had to come out and say like, hey, I didn't like that it got leaked to the media before I was able to tell the team. You're like, wait a minute, are the Dolphins a complete clusterfuck? What is going on down there? The Dolphins are going to be the Dolphins until the Dolphins can't be the Dolphins any longer. That's what we all thought. And your fanhood was was being questioned. Why is this guy loyal to this team? Why is this happening? And then yesterday, we got a glimpse. Mm. Tua's fucking unbelievable. And if Fitzmagic knew that Tua was going to be that good, if Tua looked anything like he looked against the Arizona Cardinals in practice, listen, I feel bad for Fitzmagic. But I think another thing that would have been nice to say there is, oh, by the way, this uh, lefty from Hawaii we got coming in here is really good at football. Seems to make great decisions. uh, Seems to be loved by everybody. And can run a lot faster than he looked like he was at Alabama. Tua looked unbelievable yesterday, Gumpy. They let him play, too, Pat. I didn't think Gailey had it in him. I didn't think he could change the game plan. Tua was 20 for 28, and he moved with his legs. He ran for 35 yards as well. Took a couple hits and stayed on his feet. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was... He threw some strikes. I mean, it was really... I mean, it was pretty awesome. Then you think back to the potential stage photo moment where he's sitting on the field, yep. uh-huh. uh, and you're like, oh, is this a bunch of bullshit or not? It feels like you guys got a guy down yeah, there. Yeah, they got it's a real. guy. You got a guy. It's go time, baby. You got a guy? He's go time. He can dance in the pocket, too. Yeah, he made some plays in the pocket that was ridiculous. Slippery. Yeah. slippery his escapability is yeah. unreal. It was Now, on the other side, Kyler Murray, I still think is absolutely electrifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like when he's on a football field, he is must-watch football. Kyler Murray, uh, he has more rushing touchdowns this year than like 17 NFL teams all by himself because uh, one of Cliff Kingsbury's genius plays is just like, okay, we'll just like, uh, we'll do it naked and then, Kyler, how about you just beat like three guys? (laughs) (laughs) Got it! Got it! By the the way, shout out to Cliff for making that happen. Mm -hmm. Kyler is unbelievable. And him playing against Tua yesterday, it was like, okay, the NFL is in an awesome spot. Those dudes were really, really, really good. They put on a hell of a show. It fucked me completely. Mm -hmm. Okay, what happened? Big time. Big time. And I I mean, Zane Gonzalez was short from 49 yards. And listen, I'm never going to bury a kicker, right? I don't know what you're going through. But the Arizona Cardinals stadium is the second highest altitude out of any other stadium in the NFL. Okay, Denver's one. Arizona's two. Okay, it's in the middle of a goddamn desert. The weather's perfect. It's it's elevated. You can't be short from 49. You you. you, you, you <laughs> You can't be short from 49 yards. I I was watching it. I don't know if anybody – I tweeted out my reaction. My lady started filming me because, I mean, I was actually, like, sweating with this cash-out thing. Like, do I cash out 19,000? Or if this hits and I could have won 71,000, why even be able to sleep with the 19,000? Will this be like the Victoria's Secret guy who sold sold Victoria's Secret for, like, 100 million and, uh, like, six months later it was worth, like, 2 billion. He drives his car off the bridge, kills himself. Is this what it's going to be like if I cash out of this parlay that had destiny written all over it for an easy cash-out of a few thousand dollars? And I – what's going to happen? 
happen here. Then I see Kyler Murray walk the team right down the field. They're going to kick a field goal, go to overtime. Kyler Murray's going to win the coin toss because that's what Kyler Murray does. They were going to walk down the field, win by six, cover the three and a half. I'll cash out maybe after this twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars mm-hmm. cash out opportunity, oh, yeah. as opposed to this twelve, fourteen, nineteen thousand cash out. Then Zang Gonzalez is short for forty-nine fucking yards in the desert. I had no idea how that happened. They started zooming in on things. I'm like, what the fuck could have happened? Did it get blocked? Didn't get blocked. Was Andy Lee pushing down too hard, which maybe made it spin too fast? No, Andy Lee's been holding for kickers for a long time. What happened? Zane Gonzalez was short from 49 yards. Listen, Zane's had a great year over in Arizona. I'm happy for him. But I was kicking 49-yard field goals, I think, when I was like 13 years old. If I and Now, I didn't kick field goal when I was 13, but I would assume that I could have had like 49 <laughs> years old. I mean, oh, yeah. 70 yarders whenever I was like 17 or whatever. So, I mean, there's a lot of... You can't be short from 49 yards in that situation. He's staring it down. He had a great game before that. But I thought Cardinals were going to win. Instead, though, I would assume Dolphins fans thought, oh, this game we're going to lose. He's going to make this overtime. Even though we play great, we lose. Instead, it might be the dawning of a new day with old Tua down there. Big one this weekend against Chargers and A-Bear. Oh, yeah, because you and Air Bear are kind of – Air Bear was pick six. Mm -hmm. Tua was pick five. (laughs) Tom Telesco of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, general manager told us that they were just basically waiting on Miami to make a decision. Mm-hmm. They were cool with either one of them, which made me think last night while watching that game, was like, Tom Telesco was right, by the way. We're cool with either one, Tua or Herbert. Uh, either are going to be our guy. And now we get a chance to see if Miami made the right decision Ooh. because Herbert is unbelievable. Yes. He is very good. Tua yesterday looked unbelievable. This class of quarterbacks, with Joey Burrow included, is going to be one to be talked about for a long, long time. And Jordan Love coming up, too. Oh, yeah. True. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who's a college football national champion, Ooh, a nice. Super Bowl champion, a man who calls games in uh, in the weekends, has four kids dressed up as the Adams family the other day. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Haw. Yeah! What's happening? What are you doing? What's going on with your your unlit cigar? Oh, so I knew you'd be happy about this. Uh, so I've been trying to find appetite suppressants, okay, because I have to, uh, you know, uh, not be as fat as I've been here recently. I put on 15 to 20 here in the last couple weeks, I've noticed. I've seen it. Yeah, it all goes right in the face because I'm Irish. So I'm going to try to crash it back down. And I think the only way to do that in a healthy fashion is just not eat any, hey. not eat anything. So if you suck on a cigar, that's going to suppress your appetite enough? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, this says. morning it, it made me poop a couple times, and I have yet to eat. So, mm-hmm. so my far. research is telling me that thus far, if you are of age and don't ever mess with uh, tobacco or anything like that, uh, you could potentially do it for a day or so. I think that's what I'm going to do. But that, that's not what we're here for, okay? I know you're a big uh, cigar savant and all that type of stuff, but what we're here to talk about is the football. Did you watch yesterday? What was your big takeaway? Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl, in the NFC completely dead in your eyes, A.J. Hawk? I don't know, man. I, I'm i curious to see what the what the Bucks look like next week, what their bounce-back game is. Now, I don't, I'm not a believer like, oh, the Saints just showed you the blueprint on how to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, they showed you what you could do against them, but your players have to be able to do exactly what their players did. And they all, they stood up, man. Like, that goal line stand... Demario Davis, that lead linebacker, is an absolute monster. Like their whole D line or their whole defense, didn't it look like they were just having so much fun. Oh yeah, too? like it looked like it would have been so much fun to play on that defense last night. They were up twenty-one zip before the game even started. So if you're a defense and you're up twenty-one nothing, and it seems like the other offense isn't able to do a damn thing, 
Uh, there has to be that feeling of, oh, we can do whatever the hell we want tonight. That has to be a very good feeling as somebody who used to play middle linebacker. Uh, if an offense just can't garner any type of traction or momentum at all at any given point, that has to feel pretty good. Well, that's the most impressive thing to me. Like, we've seen it before in college and the NFL, especially this year. It's really difficult to play with a lead. Like, it's, it's really hard to keep a lead. And when you jump up 21 nothing, like you said, before the game even starts – and then somehow you keep that going for four straight quarters offensively and defensively, and you only give up, what, three points? Are you kidding me? Like, that that's the most impressive. Over four quarters, they were able to do that. Sometimes you can come out hot and get out to an early lead, and the team usually calls their way back into it. But, man, the Bucks had no answers last night. Uh, your NFC team to represent this in the Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys and Gary Gilbert gave the Pittsburgh them, Steelers all it? they could handle, AJ. Yeah. All of it. I know. I knew you had it. I, I felt good when I was watching it. I'm watching Gilbert just slice and dice up the D. I'm like, this is going to be good. I know the I know the boys are going to be upset if Pittsburgh takes their first L, but you know what? The Cowboys showed a lot of heart. I think that was a big game for, uh, for the franchise, for this team, for this roster. I think they're going to use a lot of that and take some of that positive momentum and, and carry it forward. Did I see Big Mike slap Gary Gilbert in the back of the head? All right, that a boy, Paul. I want to sing, want to sing this thing. Probably. Yeah, Big Mike is probably like the teammates you had to where you have a monster collision with a guy where you just meet somebody and it's just a nasty hit and they get up and they're all excited and they smack you in the head four times. (laughs) (laughs) Not the time. That happened to me. I make a tackle. Normally my head would be involved. I come jogging to the sideline and everybody wants to play bongos on your head. (laughs) And it's like, I'm not sure if I got a concussion during the tackle, but... Certainly with your fucking hand, I just did. Let me get this helmet off as soon as possible. That was my move. As soon as I get to the sideline, let me get this thing off as soon as possible because they won't punch me in the head with a, with a hat on. But Mike McCarthy after that game, you played obviously for a team that Mike McCarthy led for a long time in a Green Bay Packers. It actually got Mike McCarthy this job probably because of how good that run was with your Green Bay Packers team. What's he saying to the team? You know, there's no moral victories, you know, but that was a hell of an effort. We got to get back to work on Monday. Like, what is Mike McCarthy telling the squad, do you think? I mean, what can you say after that? Yeah, he's he's not – like, Big Mike's not excited that they almost beat the Steelers, that they were in it at the end. They, they had a chance to win. He's not excited about that, but I'm be. sure it was – there was not a whole lot being said after that game. There's nothing you can say. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you lose, it's so easy to sit there and dissect it and have more meetings and talk about it, but – Sometimes, hey, until you prove that you can get it done on the field, all the talk doesn't matter. Yeah. What, what if what if Mike McCarthy just chooses to go back to Zoom calls? No COVID outbreak at all. Everybody out of the bill. I don't want to see anybody's face. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody's face, man. Ezekiel Elliott, everybody on the internet, Cowboys fans are turning on him. They're like, Tony Pollard's yeah. the guy. Give him mm-hmm. the ball. They're turning on Zeke. I mean, it is. I think that Cowboys team could look very, 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 very different next year. Very different. Who's going to play quarterback? Well, are they going to bring Dak back or no? I assume Big Mike is pretty jacked up because he found he, he found his guy. Gary. Yeah, he's got oh. his guy now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's go to Lazaro over there in D.C. What's going on, Lazaro? Uh, what's going on, Pat and uh, – AJ Hawk and the boys over here have a wonderful Monday. Hey, you too, Lazaro. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. What do you want to talk about, Bob? The Texans uh, won the second fucking game against the Jaguars, and that's kind of pitiful. Uh, so how long do you think a team like the Texans have? Because uh, they uh, traded Hopkins, of course. They almost traded Fuller. J.J. Watt, uh, there's been some rumors saying that he doesn't want to 
be be with the Texans anymore. He might get traded. Uh, how long do you think it might take for the Texans to be back where they were last year? And uh, does the NFL do anything with mental health? Because a lot of teams are losing, and I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that does nothing for the mental health of the players. Great question, Lazaro. I appreciate you caring about the mental health of the players. In the last couple of years, that has been something that has been instituted, I think, as a league mandate, basically, to have a psychologist, sports psychologist in there. So I think the NFL is trying their best to handle all that. And it's not just losing. Normally, if guys lose their jobs, is more so a thing because you know losing is going to happen. Now, with the Houston Texans, J.J. Watt gets his 100th sack. Yeah, J.J. J.J. Watkins, 100 sack against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, led by Jack Luton. The um, the thing about the 100 sack was he was asked to give a speech after the game, you know, in the locker room. And it revolved around the team and all that stuff. And it's an interesting time because they are going to rebuild, I would assume, down there. Now, they got a lot of money in a lot of places. They don't have a lot of picks. I mean, Bill O'Brien tried to burn that place down. But they're going to have a new GM, new coach. A lot of new things happening in there. And J.J. came in, came out and said, listen, I, I ain't here for a rebuild. And that's because he's at an end of a career, by the way, which is what you would expect any human to say. So now the immediate conversation goes to where will J.J. get traded to? I don't think J.J. is going to get traded anywhere. It's a $17.5 million salary cap hit next year. I would assume, and if he's cut from the team, it's a $0 salary cap hit. If J.J. Watt is not a member of the Texans next year, I think it'll be because of a cut as opposed to a trade because I'm not sure what team's going to give up anything that the Houston Texans will want for J.J., which will be very high. We already saw what they were looking for for Will Fuller, and who knows if the new GM's first move will be trading away J.J. Watt or cutting J.J. Watt. In my eyes, I think J.J. is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Where will he end up at? Who knows? It's going to be a good team, and I would assume if J.J. Watt is going to a good team, he's going to make an immediate impact. Where is it going to be? Is it going to be in Pittsburgh with his two brothers because Bud Dupree is a free agent? He's potentially going to be on another team, or will it be with the Chiefs somehow? The Chiefs pull a magic trick and somehow be able to sign him. How about the Tampa Bay Gronkineers? Will they have him? I mean, that is going to be the conversation for the next seven, eight weeks around J.J. Watt, and it makes sense because he's probably going to be somewhere else after this season. Well, and good for him, too. Like, if he... If they could trade him, if they can trade him, I'm sure they would. But who's going to take on his salary and whatever the Texans are demanding? That's not going to happen. So if he gets cut, it's actually it's a great thing for J.J. in the fact that he gets to make the decision. He's not traded away to a bad team, and he can sit there and cherry pick where he wants to go and say, all right, hey, do I, what do I value the most? Like, do, do I value the biggest contract I can get? That's probably not going to be the, the best team you can go to. Or do I value like trying to get a ring above that? And, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think good for him where he can go – he can handpick where he goes, pretty much. He's going to ring chase, and he'll mm-hmm. sign for like three million dollars with escalators. Stupid not to. Yeah, and he'll, stupid not to. Like, okay, let's go. My agent, let's talk to the Chiefs, Packers. Um, who else do you throw in there? Pittsburgh, like you said, maybe he does want to be with his brothers. Like, uh, they, hosted that show. they hosted that tag. show. They hosted that show. Oh, show. So good. Good show. Probably season two, right? Where's season two? What's going on? Well, COVID. 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 Hey, but there's a vaccine coming. So, yeah, there's yeah. A vaccine. Maybe we do get tagged go. back. Maybe we do get tagged back. Would you? Why'd you, why are you guys saying, uh, what, late January? Yeah, yeah just because it feels what like. What do you mean? Yeah, that's was that your mom? Did your mom feed you that info or what? <laughs> no. no, no, the internet, the internet, <laughs> yeah. the internet.
the internet. Okay, I didn't. I don't know about this one. I often text Connor after the show. Get all, get the heads up. Oh, uh, uh, text Connor. Hopefully, yeah. you have a couple hours oh, to spare, my yeah, friend. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to. You don't have the time. You don't have the time or the energy, by the way, to have that conversation. There's people on the internet going after Connor right now. Big time. Yeah, they, they are attacking. They Connor. can come get it too if they want. Oh, okay. they're, they're helping you do. Yeah, they're hoping you do get it. <laughs> whoa, yeah, whoa. I saw a guy tweet it. I saw a guy tweet it. Well, you know. I hope it doesn't happen because you're very close to me on a daily basis. Yeah, I me do. Too. We mm. do socially distance, but yeah. I don't need that in my life. Sorry, right. the denominator's in our favor. Oh, Jesus. You're Come a piece on. of shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, am I lying? Am I lying, Todd? Huh? Am I? You're a real piece of shit. Am I lying? <laughs> Let's go to Mike in Los Angeles. Mike, what's yeah. going on, Bob? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Not too bad, Mike. How are you, pal? Hey, you know, it is uh, my 30th trip around the sun, so I'm doing fucking fantastic. Hey, boys. Happy birthday. birthday. Thanks, boys. AJ, love you too, boys, everybody. Mike, hold Uh, on. Mike, I have a question. Are you 29 or 30? 30. Okay, so he's on his 31st trip then, right? Yeah. Yeah, 31st. You know what? Math was never my strongest subject, Pat. I apologize. No, 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 not your fault. This is something that we've talked about off air here, actually. It's because, for instance, whenever we have a guest on the show, we go to Wikipedia and we try to guess how many years that they've been in there. And you never know if you count the first year that's listed or the last year it's listed. And then that led into the birthday thing because you're zero one month, two months, three months throughout your when you turn one you've just completed the first trip around mm-hmm. the sun so i just want to let you know mike you actually just popped open like a champagne bottle of conversation that we have off air and we appreciate you for that anyways good luck on your 31st trip around the sun that is beginning today yeah good luck mike good luck, good luck mike. mike you got a slingshot you, around you. the moon by the way oh, yeah. that's True. what they did on that movie the martian uh, mark and also uh, in real life i think they did it yeah with, had to had to yeah mm-hmm. space yeah. when they went yeah. out to yeah. the moon Dark in 1960 moon. something that's right uh, when they didn't didn't have computers or anything transformers you know? i know back when men were men whoa <laughs> hey men are still men <laughs> okay mike we'll be the judge of that after your question mike what do you want to talk about pal <laughs> Uh, don't really have a question. Just want to, you know, celebrate. Well, question is, Raiders, are they all the way back? It feels like, hey, by the way, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. Mike. Big Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Did you see that Raiders-Chargers game last night? Herbert, unbelievable, still loses those close games. That has to be heartbreaking. I'll be excited to see what he does this offseason because that's going to be quite a motivator for him, I believe. Uh, and the Raiders, that's back-to-back big wins there, baby. Close at the end. That was a good win for the Raiders. John Gruden doesn't get enough credit for being the coach that he is. Uh, seems like he always has the boys in the game. He does seem like he has the guys, like, they're fighting for him. They want to win for John Gruden. And, I mean, that was a fun, like, the end of that game where they had to go to review and then how juiced the Cowboy or the uh, the Raiders DB was and the rest, everyone just running around chasing each other. Like, that was a fun ending to the game. I bet. Is there any has any footage come out from Gruden in that locker room? I bet he was dancing. No, they are not putting out. I, I think the Raiders are very done putting out any footage at all. I, I think the <laughs> exclusive inside look that the Raiders are potentially once going to give us this season is over with the one point five million dollars in fines. They're like, listen, this celebration's really cool. Ain't no motherfucker going to see it because half of y'all ain't got your damn masks on. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, you got your helmet on or your mask on. You over there smiling. We don't need to see your smiling face after this win. We need a goddamn mask because it takes all of us. And this content would do great on the internet. We can't release it because we're already going into debt with the amount of fines that we have, 1.5 million. Unless they got hidden cameras in that locker room just like they do in the Jets locker room, apparently. Yeah, what's this all about? Did you read this story? The Jets uh, players have notified the NFLPA that they found cameras in the locker room that were behind the fire alarms like they were up in there. So either there's a creep creeping on them. Uh, the front office is trying to learn what's being talked about. Coaches are trying to learn to talk about whatever the case. Not good whenever there's hidden cameras found by anybody in any situation. But here we are now with a locker room potentially happening over there with the New York Jets. That's wild. I, when I read that, I was very alarmed by the whole thing. Well, who, who could put those up there? It would either be like the head coach has the power to do that, the GM, I guess the owner. After that, who's going to put them up? Well, then you could dive deep into an inside job with a uh, somebody that has access to the building who's maybe a creep or something yeah. like oh, that. So during Danny, COVID, Danny though, they Ocean. can track wherever – like, would they all wear those monitors? Can't they figure – well, or have these been there for years? Well, and also, yeah, when did they get in there? Are they new? Who else has ever been in the building? Like, third shift? Wait, is this pra- – this is their, their facility or their game day? I believe it's the facility, yeah. Because if it was the game day, they would say MetLife Stadium. Wait, it's which, in the lo- – like, the actual locker room, too? Yeah, there, there was – That's highly the- illegal with just a bunch of naked dudes every day. <laughs> no, well, that's no, what we're saying, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because it, you, the yeah. coach – The coach, GM, possibly, right. whoever it is. But also, like, there could be, like, I don't know – a janitorial staff that comes through there maybe or maybe yeah, I, never, I, I didn't think of it that way i didn't think of someone's a creep and wants to see a bunch of dongs walking around every day i, I thought that's what it could I thought. be somebody that wants to keep an eye on their team and say how the team like what's the culture like of this team when the when the coaches are not around what is this team I'll never, what are they saying about me i'll never forget going into the equipment room and this is kind of putting the equipment room on blast a little bit i had a lot of good friends in the equipment room and something may have just happened a decision was just made that maybe I didn't fully agree with, and everybody would be in their meetings except for the people in the equipment room. So I'd come in, and I'd be like, "Do you hear this bullshit? We just..." and all of them would just look up at the ceiling, and they're like, "Don't do that." <laughs> I'm like, "What are we?" What? They're like, "Don't, don't do it." You never know who's listening. I'm like, "Yeah." Is the whole fucking place mic'd up? Because if so, we are in a problem. Wow. <laughs> so that was always, I think. I think that people always thought there was a chance that things were being recorded and shit like that. But now that the players, by the way, what I just said is probably how the players found it, by the way. They're like, look at it. Yeah. What is that, that motherfucker? Is they that? move the fire alarm and it's in there like, oh my God, I've seen this. They spiked us. I've seen this on movies. Adam Gase wouldn't do that though, right? No, oh, the crazy uh, Gase? the mask force though? I don't know. I mean, you don't need video cameras to know that the Jets culture is dog shit. Oh, oh come on. True. Come on. Jeez. What's up, Dick? So the report was uh, the Jets players and their representatives alerted the NFL Players Association in recent weeks about what happened to be or what appeared to be surveillance equipment hidden smoke detectors in the Jets locker room. Like you said, the NFLPA immediately informed the NFL in late October. The NFL claimed in the past week on behalf of the Jets that cameras have been in and adjacent to the locker room since 2008 when the teams were relocated from Long Island to the new training facility in Florham Park. Uh, according to sources, the league concluded that the players were aware of the cameras and thus the cameras were compliant with the league rules, sources said. Oh, so the mm-hmm. players knew that they were being filmed in their locker room. That's why they made a complaint that they were being filmed in their locker room. That's probably on page 75 of the contract, by the way. You signed it. Hey, you signed it. Read the small print. You see this right here? We said we can film you, dog. But, okay. Like, do you, did you guys have a camera? There was like, uh, maybe it was NFL Network or NFL Films, a camera that it would say, like, oh, locker room shot. And it was just, it wasn't the actual locker room. It was a camera that like, the NFL kind of had control over, I think, 
that saw us walking like out of the doorway, like yeah. getting into the tunnel from our locker room, I guess. But it was technically kind of in the locker room. You weren't going to see any guys. It's where your staging area where you kind of stand before you go out the door. Like that was all right, but even that one kind of creeped people out at times. Yeah, but that's at the stadium. This one's at the practice facility. And well, they- ours was all. It's all in one. Lambo is all in one every day. You know, your same locker room all times. Oh, I didn't know that. Because didn't you drive down the road? Don't you drive down <laughs> the road? That's why. That's why, because you, your whole, everything is right there in the stadium. And so the practice field is like, you know, 400 yards away. That's why you get in your car and drive with your pads and helmet on. <laughs> I can't believe that's happening right now. Right now in Green Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, ask Aaron Rodgers is hopping into his car, full pads, <laughs> fucking... I push one button, car automatic start, I assume. Of course. Yep. Turn that thing on. Do you preheat it? Like, do you warm it up whenever you're getting dressed? Like, oh, we got to go turn that on for some guys. Some guys never turned it off. They'd show up at 6 in the morning. They'd keep that thing running until we got to practice at 11. Smart. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Smart, because if the battery dies right in between there, what do you, you got to get a jump before period <laughs> yeah. one. Hey, can you give me a – you're out there in your pay. I need a pause of red, okay? This one goes on the uh, – the, okay. Will you hit the gas? <laughs> Oh, but it started up. All right. Yep. We're going to be late to period one. <laughs> That's wild that that happens in professional football. Sweaty ass cars. You guys give no time. tour at all, and you have to drive to your own fucking practice. The Green Bay Packers are old school, man. Tradition. Baby. Old school over there. Let's, uh, let's ask Aaron about it tomorrow. I'm sure he's had over, what, 16 years. He's had plenty of situations come up when he's been driving to practice with his shoulder pads on. So the bike ride thing is like a welcome new addition. Like, oh, I don't have to get in the car today. Nice. Just ride the bike a little bit. That's a good time. Yeah, during training camp. Yeah, this year obviously didn't happen. But going back to your your thing when you're saying players are always, people always look up like, hey, you never know. That happens everywhere. Like that happened no matter what. If someone starts saying something, coaches, it's like you're, you'd be in your linebacker room and someone will start to talk. And even a coach or players like, hey, man, and they just point up to the ceiling like, I'm like, oh, really? You think? And they're like, I don't, you never know. Because everyone's heard like, everyone's heard a story or they always tell a story. Well, you know what? My, my brother's uncle coach for the Giants back in the 70s and he found out they mic'd up every single room yeah. so then from then on everyone's just worried every room is mic'd up my second cousin was once a scout they actually had him sit on the ceiling and write uh-huh. notes on what guys were saying right below him I mean that could happen. I hear you up there who was it Chiano who was standing in the tunnel too yeah, see if anybody was smiling yeah. fucking smiling cut him <laughs> who's smiling after a loss cut him see you later get him out oh they want to kneel down huh kneel the I don't think so. Dive hey, at know, their wouldn't you, Pat, w- w- if you were a coach, wouldn't it be kind of frustrating if you, in a normal year, not a non-COVID year, if you just got blasted, yes. say you were a perennial bad team, and you go out there and you see multiple players trading jerseys and taking smiling pictures with their buddies? I, it kind of gets me now, by the way. And I'm not even a fan, and I'm watching, and I'm like, ah, that's a bad look. Like, I understand you guys haven't seen each other maybe in years. You might be family, best friends. I completely understand. Maybe you have a lot of respect for each other. A lot of people do. But it's just natural for you to think, like, that, that guy should be happy, okay? Yeah, they just won by 30. That guy should be upset, though. That guy's not upset. And you naturally go, oh, that guy doesn't care. That guy, I care more than that guy cares. What the? Get that guy the fuck off the team. Like, that's a natural thing. But obviously, a lot of guys seeing each other for the first time, you have to put the human side in that and then know that they're probably going to be miserable whenever they go into that locker room because it's going to be a miserable place. But it is hard to separate those two. Even as a fan watching, I'm like, oh, that's not a good look right there. Uh, I think just trade in the tunnel. Like, tell, t- see your see your buddy on the field. Like, hey, man, yeah, you want to trade? Yeah, cool, cool. And then have your equipment managers trade them off, swap them, do something. Just do it not right on the field, I guess. Yeah. 
I'm happy I don't play anymore in this. You know what I mean? Nobody want to talk to me afterwards. Just quick dap up. See ya. <laughs> we get the hell out of here. We lost. I had a great game, but I'm miserable. Are miserable. You? Had to be. At least while you're at the facility, yeah. No, but that kind of creeped into everything else, you know? It, it, you're, it's a different, it's a weird world for you. Like, you could have the game of your life and you guys got beat 50 to nothing. I was tired of other people's success determining my happiness. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I wish, okay, listen. I know you all work your asses off, okay? I just so happen to have the greatest game of all time. I wish everybody would have because then maybe we would have won the fucking game. So now, so I can at least celebrate a little bit. Like, instead, it's like, nope, everybody's miserable. Twitter's telling me I can't tweet about anything. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck, I'm miserable. Let's win this week, huh? I'll give you guys a good clap at practice. Let's fucking, yeah. Let's get some. Woo! Come on now. It's a thankless job. You're, you're an absolute American hero for, for doing that. Hell yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us today. Big thanks to all the guests, all the boys, and all of you. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. We'll be back tomorrow to overreact to tonight's Monday Night Football game. It's a big one, obviously. We talked about it. Uh, plus, big-time guest tomorrow. Huge guest tomorrow. Everybody's like, is he going to come on on Fridays all the time? It's like, no, no, no. I think Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is all the way back. Oh, yeah. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's get to it. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.